Alan Crane Productions in association with Emergent Life Studio presents the Illinois State Collegiate Compendium, Academic Lectures in Business and Economics. This is Business Finance, FIL 190 for Spring Semester 2024. Today, the time value of money, round two, and this is with Excel. And I'm just going to show you the Excel routines that you would need. And I've got the, I have the model already built for you in Excel. You can download it. I'll show you where to download it here presently. Give me just a minute to finish getting the podcasting set up for this, but you're already seeing in this Excel why you are in a different world from what we were even five, ten years ago, and even at this point, most of your classes will use Excel as essentially a talking monkey. They will not be using the full power of Excel. And there are so many functions that you'd have to be Rain Man to remember every function in Excel. It's that bad. I am neurodivergent and I can't remember half of the functions from one day to the next. But let me go in here and I'm going to pull up Canvas and I'm going to go to the student view here. And I showed you this before, but let me come online here for a student view and I'm going to bring up power up the projector. I, I, I'm not saying you are allowed to use Excel. I'm saying I expect you to use Excel on your quizzes, your homework, and your exams. It's no longer an option. It is now to the point where this is the way you're going to stay at least somewhere near the frontier of the technological revolution that is moving so quickly. Fortunately, Excel will be the go-to for corporations for the next 10 to 15 years. And even as companies begin to uh, embrace generative uh, AI, they will still reference back to Excel for several reasons. One is simply because so much of the body of our financial literature, our, our financial work is in Excel that we can't dispense with it. It will become sort of like the um, slave of AI as time goes on. We will do things in, with artificial intelligence, generative artificial intelligence. And then we will have results, or actually even the calculations themselves, posted to uh, Excel. In the same way, we will write Python. Uh, Python is about to be included in Excel. If it's not, I don't know if it's actually the release is coming out yet but you will use Excel to hold up the weaknesses of Python. Python, the strongest uh, of the new languages for statistical and analytical calculations is R. 
Art is an abomination hated by God. It is hard. But you can use Python and have Python use Excel to do a lot of things. And that boosts it so that it is stronger and it can be used as a, you don't have to use R. So keep in mind, Excel is big stuff. Now, here in your Canvas uh, platform, files. Now, the one that we do for most of what is in Chapter 5, uh, and Chapter 4, actually, go to Spreadsheets. Now, I want you to prowl down here, Present and Future Value. And of course, I did it that way. You download it, for God's sake. Okay. Okay, enable editing. No, I don't want you to update because that'll take until Jesus comes back. Okay, here we go. Now, this will do annuities, lump sums. Annuity due, annuity, uh, essentially any kind of annuity, ordinary annuity, annuity due. Now, just a little background, assuming that you did have here this in accounting, but I'm going to repeat it. An annuity is a series of payments. It's a cash flow. So in other words, a loan, uh, your payments uh, on a car loan are an annuity. They are a level annuity. A level annuity is one where the payments are all the same. A non-level annuity is where the payments are different. So, annuity. Now, the last time I showed you lump sums, technically they are an annuity, but there's only one cash flow, the one at the beginning or the one at the end. But talking more generally about annuities, they are a series of uh, cash flows. Now, the level is the one where they're all the same amount. Non-level... Those are more custom. Like for example, suppose that I calculate the free cash flow, I project free cash flow for a company for the next, let's say 10 years. That would be a non-level annuity and we can bring it back to the present and find something like an intrinsic value of the company from that. Non-level, we'll see it later in the course where sometimes you can value a stock as a series of dividends streaming out until the dividends smooth. One year they're high, one year the dividends low, so maybe the next year there's no dividend. So in other words, those are non-level. We deal with those a little later. They're a little more of a pain in the butt, but Excel can do it a lot faster than a person can. And so help me, a chat GPT can do it in the blink of an eye. A level, non-level. Okay, so the level are the ones payments on loans. 
or a level annuity. Well, I'll get into that in a minute. Now, annuities, there is the ordinary annuity. Payments are at the end of periods. That would be like a car loan. You get your car loan, one month later, your first payment's due. And then when you make your last payment, that's it. You got the car. Free, uh, free title to the car. Now, the annuity due, those are the ones where payments at beginning of periods. Typically, these are the ones you would see for future values. Now, where would you have an annuity where the payments would be due at the beginning of each period? Well, <laughs> that's interesting. I never thought of that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the one I usually use, but I, that, I like that. Because they make you pay your first your rent right up front for the month that's following. Huh. Not bad. Knock it off. No, seriously. Okay, I'm going to pick on you. Here's a classical one. You are a dynamic, handsome young man, right? You have a significant other. And then she says three words that are that change your entire life. You know what those three words are? Not I love you. They are I am pregnant. <laughs> now that happened to me and my immediate thought was to kill myself, you know. <laughs> Just end it right there. You know, fuck this. <laughs> but instead, you you go with it. And the birth happens. Now, have you ever been to a childbirth? Yes. I know. It's exhausting, isn't it? I was tired, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I was worn out when it was over. But you finish and you drive. You take off from the hospital when everyone's finally gone to sleep. And you think, by gosh, I am going to make it good for this kid. This kid will have go to college at Illinois State University. My God. So you first you stop at a burger joint and eat because you know you've got to you know regenerate all that strength that you had that, that wasted out, and then you go to the bank and you say, okay, every year on the child's birthday, I shall put in two thousand dollars. So each year, starting at year zero, you're going to put in two thousand dollars. And then at the 17th birthday, you will put in the last amount and then you will let it ride. And on the kid's 18th birthday, you will give the kid a check for what's in there. That's an annuity due. It's a classic annuity due. Financial planning oftentimes works on annuities due because if you are a financial planner, you sit down with a couple and they explain to you what their needs are. I want a new car. We'd like a new car every three years. And we would like to have a really nice home in seven years. And we'd like vacations, really nice vacation every other year and all this. So you calculate how much each of those is going to be out there in the future. And what the payments will be 
so that each of those goals is achieved. And then you have them write you a check for the total present value of those future amounts. When you go to them to tell them what it is, you, you say right there, write me this check now. So in other words, these, are, uh, this, these will be annuities due because you will have covered the amount one period before they need the money. That's how it will work. So those will be the same thing. They will be annuities due. And then you will add them up and you'll have a total amount and you'll divide it among the payments for the different parts of it. Those are annuities due. So even though they sound like they're kind of weird, they're not really that useful, they are the essence of anything for the future. Go. It's, yeah, as a matter of fact, 529s. Yeah, some, uh, well, there are other ways you can do it too. Don't, don't get me wrong. That's the classic way now. That's the preferred way now. But you can do them a, a number of ways. As a matter of fact, that's one of the powers of financial planning. And plug, plugging our financial pa planning uh, degree here, we do have a financial planning institute. It's one of the top rated in the country. And this is the kind of stuff you do. You work these kinds of plans out for people. And this is classic Excel stuff. Uh, going through Excel, and I've seen chat GPTs that can do this now too. You can even just tell them what the goals are at the different points, and they will grab interest rates, or prevailing rates for long-term uh, annuities and give you a good answer. And, and then you can, some of them you can say, well, put this into Excel, and so, but it's a lot of it's good stuff because ultimately we're always going to have people who need financial planners who can do this kind of stuff. And although wealth management is for upper middle class, upper class people, it also serves in a lot of venues for lower income people too, because we can sit down with them and say, okay, let's see what it would take you to put out of your paycheck every month for you to be able to have the down payment on a home, a decent home in five years or in three years. Okay, let's see what else we can do for you as far as getting some financial organization to your future instead of them being forced to think about paycheck to paycheck kind of thing. So it's not just for the wealthy, this kind of stuff. Anyway, those are annuities, all the different things and flavors on annuities. And they are stupidly easy to do in Excel. And all, even on a financial calculator, they're quite easy to do. So what we do is, and this is where it's a lot different for me now than it was even uh, 10 years ago, uh, considering I was an early adopter, we just have Excel do this. And that's what this is all about right here. Present values and future values. See those zeros and those ones down there? That just tells you, just to start it off, that those are ordinary annuities. One is an annuity due. Like that. That's all there is to it. Now, the uh, drab, I tried to make that peach, and it looks more like, you know, uh, brown, brownish or whatever, light brown. Don't touch those. Go in there and look at the formulas. So, for example, 
for the present value of an annuity, well, type. Oh, that's an effective rate, present value. Present value, right there it is. Okay. You will see that the way you create Excel, don't ever put a number in a formula, ever. You call by reference. Formulas should not have numbers in them. They should have, that way, the formula, you don't have to play with the core. You just change the numbers in here and you'll get what you want. The white is where you can change a number. The uh, blue is what comes out of it. The browns are the ones that you don't touch in these. And you'll get anything that you want out of the formula doing this. Now, an, uh, another uh, notice, I, uh, it will spit out a negative present value. I just put it as absolute. Calculators at Excel have a funny habit of wanting present values put in as negatives, and they want the ants, and they'll spit out answers of present values as negatives. And that just looks a little bit weird. So I make it an absolute. But as you can see, it's just a present value, PV. Now, this is something I don't like about Excel. It's always been this way. That's actually the present value of an annuity. PV in Excel is, is thinking you've got an annuity. Now you're saying, oh, well, that wouldn't help me with a lump sum question. Well, yeah, it is. Suppose that we had, just to do a lump sum with the present value, suppose that in 15 years, you're going to get a pile of money, okay? And here's one where I'm violating the Brown rule. But there are no payments. Let's say that your interest rate is 5.25% compounded quarterly. And you're going to put, you're going to get in 15 years, let's say $20,000. There's the present value of it. That's a lump sum. So that goes back to what I was saying. Technically, a lump sum is an annuity of one payment. But instead, let's suppose that we are over the next uh, seven years with compoundings twice a year and an APR of 3.99%. You'll put in $200. There won't be any kicker at the end. There's how much you'll have at the end of seven years. That's a classic ordinary present value of an ordinary annuity. That fast. You don't have to master the formula. You have to master how to translate the word problem that I give you into an Excel problem, into an Excel routine. All you have to do is put the numbers in. This is classic uh, when I taught algebra. I taught the students, you get a word problem, 
get rid of the words. Find the numbers, find what they, where they go in the formula. Now, find the numbers and figure out where they go in the Excel sheet. It's the same routine. And this gives you the effective rate. Essentially, an effective rate, an effective rate is the rate that would be annual compounding that would be the same as the rate with the more than annual compounding. Like for example, notice here, suppose that if compounding were four times a year, you have a little, you, uh, it, there'd be a little more money to it. But you also notice the effective rate would go up. The annual rate of 4.05% compounded annually is equivalent to the APR of 3.99% compounded quarterly. Do you follow it? It's not hard, just, and like I said, that one I was kind of cheating, for a lump sum, you will have to put in the FV. But if it's a normal, if, if it's a typical annuity, there's no kicker at the end. Take it over here to a future value. Let's do that one 18 years, and let's say that the compounding on it is, oh, you're going to put in payments every year. So the compoundings would be once a year and an APR of, let's say, 4.25%. And you're going to put in $2,000 every year. That's how much you, and notice down here, it's one because it's an annuity due. And notice that the effective rate is identical to the APR because there was only one compounding per year. So you'll have a $52,486 check to give the kid on his or her 18th birthday, putting in $2,000 a year. I can't emphasize that when we did these actually with the formula or even with the tables, for God's sake, it took a lot longer than it does now to do this. Well, let's talk about this. Suppose that instead you put in $1,000, but you do it twice a year. You notice now the effective rate diverges and you've got a little more. Not much more, but you got a little more. Now, payments on a loan. This is a classic present value of an annuity. Because, but you know the present value right away. In this case, let's say that you are going to buy a home on a 25-year mortgage. Normally for loans, it's 12 periods per year. And your APR is, let's say, 6.39% right now. And there's no kicker. And it's an ordinary annuity, so there will be... Whoops, I kind of put in my uh, present value. Let's say that you buy an ugly house for uh, negative... You have to put in a negative here. I hate that, but... Uh, five thousand. Let's say, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Those are your payments. 
You follow with me? Play with it. For God's sake, don't ever save what you've done because then you'll have wiped out the core. That's a big no-no. I can, I can even make this so that it's read-only or something like that. You can't save it, but I don't. But if you do see an improvement or something that you'd like to put in there, by all means, uh, upgrade it. But I mean, this is actually, this takes care right here of, of almost everything that would be required in chapter, uh, that you see in chapter 5. There are a few tailing things like balance, find the balance on a loan after a certain number of years. And I can let you figure that out to give you a little bit of exercise with this kind of a model. But this is actually very simple. Doesn't use VLOOKUPs and HLOOKUPs and all that kind of nonsense. It just goes through and it makes it pretty easy for you to choose the numbers and put them in and then just get your answers out. Now I've done this for a number of the quantitative parts of the remainder of the course. And the reason is that you will use Excel to do this in your work environment. No one's going to say, I want you to use this formula to calculate the present value. They're going to expect you to know how to use Excel to do that, to do things like that. If it isn't already somewhere in your system already uh, as a template. And that's the reason I do it, the way I do it here, is so that you are getting the practice that you need to become proficient in Excel so that the rest of the courses that you do, you don't have that, geez, so this is going to take forever. You know how to create models in Excel and they don't have to be too complicated. How many of you have started that um, Wall Street prep course yet? Have any of you? A few of you? Have you run into the hard part, the V lookups and the H lookups? Oh, yeah. Hate, hate, hate those. And, uh, Truth be told, um, Wall Street Prep is a little behind the curve now, but it's still very much worth your while to have it done, to get it done. So, or something that is roughly equivalent. Yeah. Can you go back to the payment on the payments on loan? Yeah. Lines? Showing up the, the like $1,000. That's, that's the calculated amount. Yeah. That's not the right color blue, is it? Anyway, yeah. Are you getting a different number? Yeah. Did you put these in the same? Yeah. 6.39? Yeah. That's weird. Did you get 6.58 out at the bottom? Oh, wait, hold on. That's a formula. I didn't know the 1,000 or 150 was an input. Yeah, and that's an input. Wow, that's bad. I gotta fix it. Let me fix that right now. That's, you're right. That should be a white. My bad. And this one should be a nice light blue. Nope. A little lighter blue. There we go. My apologies. Huh. Isn't that interesting? I'll upload that and fix that. Yeah, that's an input.
Yeah, that's your input right there. Okay, let me save that and upload it before the class is over. But that is the extent of what you should be able to do. Now, like I said, there's a balance. Uh, there's a couple of problems where you figure out the balance on a loan. And I leave that one out so that you can create in here, if you want, or in a copy of this, a routine that will calculate the balance on a loan. Equals... Um, it's not balance. What is it? I can't even remember it right now. It's not balance. I can't remember what it is. I, my mind is drawing a blank right now. But it's something you can even Google to get it. But you can do that one too. But the core of your problems and what my expectations would be that you could do these on a quiz and or an exam. Just these. So if you've mastered it, you've got this all done. Any questions? Okay, then I'm done with you. Get one of those early days out of here.